0: We're live. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 5 of the Unending Rebuild podcast, bringing you all of the Dynasty fantasy football news and notes and just general segments that you'll want to hear for your Dynasty leagues. Uh, As always, we have myself, Will on, alongside Josh Lee and Jared Perlman. Guys say, what's up?
1: Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, Super excited to be doing our first live stream as a group um this should be a ton of fun since we're talking one of my favorite topics we're talking super deep sleepers um so super excited to to chat through these guys with you
2: yeah i'm so excited for the first live stream uh thanks everybody for joining uh it's gonna be fun i'm excited to talk sleepers excited to you know uh shit on some picks because we know they're they're gonna go they're gonna go pretty deep here so let's get started and by Sean Picks, Jared means
0: mine because he knows
2: <laughs> what mine are gonna be.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, like like Josh and Jared mentioned, we are live streaming this today on Twitter. So uh, for everyone uh, listening on Spotify and YouTube and Twitch, music, oh, and YouTube and Twitch, look at us, uh, we're we're massive. <laughs> <laughs> but for everyone listening on the podcast platforms, that's the context behind that. So uh, as always, let's get into some quick news and notes before we move into our segments today. Uh, the segments today will be some deep sleepers that we have. Uh, we decided to uh, determine a deep sleeper as a less than 60% ownership in um, sleeper. Uh, Dynasty leagues, the format being uh, 12 teams, super flex. So that's the cap that we set. Uh, we'll describe that a bit more when we get into it, though. But for our news and notes, first we have uh, the Seahawks running back uh core we don't really know what that's going to look like everyone thought kenneth walker and he was going about 102 in all rookie drafts now there's reports saying that it's going to be penny's job and everyone's all confused no one knows what to believe doesn't even matter because it's the seahawks uh jerry you want to kick us off with some thoughts about this mess of a running back situation
2: Yeah. So I think a lot of people have been waiting on Penny for a long time. uh, And finally, last year, he showed he was a real running back. And so I think that Pete Carroll is going to let him be a running back and let him be the lead back this year. That's what they've said so far. Um, He, you know, a lot of people do forget he was a first round running back, uh, Walker being second. So Uh, there's some draft capital differences there. It's obviously been a while, but uh, Penny's going to get that lead role, we think, so far uh, to start the year. And then we'll see what Kenneth Walker can do. And if he's better, then maybe Pete Carroll gives him the chance or uh, maybe Penny just keeps being a dog.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of just building off exactly what Perlman said. um, Rashad Penny is a dog. Um, He's kind of showed it whenever he's on the field, albeit he's very rarely on the field. Um, but whenever he does play, he shows flashes of being a very, very talented NFL running back. I mean, to even speak to that, like last season, after three, just like tumultuous years of just like going through soft tissue injury after soft tissue injury, he, he comes onto the field, like fully healthy after, and like the Seahawks are already kind of a shit show. And during the playoffs, the fantasy playoffs, he's actually the RB one. Um, he put up, 27.8 27.8 points in week 14, had a off day. Uh, week 15, 7.4, but then finishes down the stretch. Week 16, 21 points. Week 17, your fantasy championships. He had 38 points. Wow. And in week 18, had 28 points. So he just lit the league on fire down the stretch. Really did. Um, like he was. Ha- he had 25 carries for 170 and two in the cha- fantasy championship. In week 18, he had 23 for 190 and one. I mean, this is Rashad Penny's job. Um, For as long as he can stay healthy, he will see the bell cow carries. Um, What reports out of uh, Seahawks camp right now is that Kenneth Walker is going to assume like that pass catching role, which is funny because like everybody's been talking about, oh, Kenneth Walker can't catch. I think that's kind of a false narrative. Uh, Michigan State doesn't use their running backs like that. Um, So it's going to be Rashad Penny's job. Um, Kenneth Walker, I think, is going to play kind of how Rashad Penny played to Chris Carson, where... Chris Carson would get the bulk, the bulk of the workload. Rashad Penny would come in to spell him, have like ten carries a game. I think Kenneth Walker will, will be that exact same player. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. And again, I want
0: to, I don't want to harp on uh, Rashad Penny's injuries too much because we all know his injury history, but it is pretty serious. But again, this leads to questions of like why the Kenneth Walker pick was ever even made. It never made any sense. You know, you're drafting a high-end running back, maybe if you're going to compete you know um and the seahawks aren't in that position so and I, I, like like jared said penny was a first round pick and it's still the same coaching staff it's still the same uh organizational structure behind penny so they still clearly like him um and i, I yeah i would i would be surprised if they gave up uh so much of uh penny share to walker so early on uh early on especially when uh, as early as taking him at one Oh two, doesn't make any sense to me, especially when receivers going in the top 10.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, like it's going to be Penny's job. Like he's, he's going to get the bulk of the work, but I think that they did draft Kenneth Walker because Pete Carroll just loves running backs. He loves to just run the ball all game. I mean, even when he had Russell Wilson, as quarterback, he ran the ball more often than they threw the ball, which is just like, absurd when you have Russell Wilson as your quarterback. I mean, the hashtag let Russ cook was a thing for so long. Um, And for a reason. And uh, like they drafted Kenneth Walker because they don't really have anyone after a shot penny, Chris Carson. I'm expecting him to announce a retirement pretty soon. He really, really wants to play. Um, Just, I don't think that he's going to be medically cleared. Uh, He has like this metal plate in the back of his, uh, in the back of his neck, just like at the top of his spine. You shouldn't play. Yeah. Typically when you have something like that, that's something that like people like very, very like much older than someone like Chris Carson uh, typically get this type of surgery. So like it's very, very dangerous for him to be playing football again.
2: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think they needed a running back. The pick was a little bit early. I think they could have gone maybe in the third or fourth round, still got a quality running back considering, uh, what they have on their roster and Rashad Penny, but they definitely with Chris Carson's, uh, severe neck injury, they, they needed a backup. And so it makes sense to me why they made the pick, but, uh, right now. And for this year, I think Walker, uh, is not going to be the lead back. And so maybe in the future, uh, after this year, Rashad Penny's contract will be up, and then uh Walker can get the get the role. Hey, but like, there's
1: a very, very real chance that Rashad Penny gets hurt again. um I mean, it's happened. How many years has he played? It's happened four out of four yeah. years.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, four out of
1: four years where he misses more than half the season. So we don't want to bet yeah, on it, but it's a real. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to bet on that, but. Um, I like <sighs> that wouldn't be a dumb bet. <laughs> yeah.
0: If I'm a penny owner, I am trying to call every single contender and see if they'll offer a first round pick for him. after yeah, like guys, his first guys,
1: game. You wait for him to start popping off and then you trade him. Okay. Oh yeah. No. After like
0: one game or two, just sell them for a first and then watch him just like get horribly injured and it would be terrible. Um, all right. Let's, let's go ahead and move on to our next news and notes topic. We're going to talk about everyone's least favorite NFL backfield, the Patriots backfield um bill belichick loves to continue drafting running backs for some reason up until the point that he has four now uh, or, or five i guess really running backs in consideration here uh and now you got reports saying that james white probably is not going to be fully healthy at least at the beginning of the year i mean dislocated hip that's always a very difficult thing to come back from uh, you know those hip injuries are terrible and it really just hurts your movement all around um, so, what do y'all think about the Patriots' backfield? Who's going to take this third-down role if it's not going to be James White? Uh, who who's the one to own in that, both in the short term and the long term?
2: Yeah. So, uh, James White was seen walking with a pretty severe limp still. Um, but I, I, if if James White isn't there, I would be I would be excited to have Ramondre and Damien Harris. They're both going to have big roles this year, I think uh Ramondre showed that he's a real a real good running back last year and damian harris couldn't stop finding the end zone he was putting up multi-touchdown weeks left and right uh and bill belichick's going to keep using him in that role i believe um, and obviously they just drafted uh, two running backs this year, but Bill Belichick doesn't like to use his rookie running backs uh, too often. I think they expect Damian Harris to leave after this year because they don't want to pay him. Uh, and so they'll come in to play next year. But I'd, I'd be really excited to have both of them. Uh, and we might even get a little bit of J.J. Uh, Taylor um, playing that third down role. He, he had the most snaps of anyone on the team last year other than Brandon Bolden and James White in obvious passing down situations uh, on third down, which is over three yards. Um, So you don't see Ramondre and Damian Harris on the field in those situations. Uh, Bill Belichick likes to take them off, uh, get Brandon Bolden on there, especially he was one of the highest rated passing down backs uh, last year by PFF. And so uh, we'll see. Uh, It could be a big committee of all three of them, uh, maybe all five of them. Uh, What do you guys think on third down? Yeah. Um, I mean, specifically on third down, I,
1: to be honest, I don't think it's going to be JJ Taylor. Um, I owned JJ Taylor in a decent amount of uh, dynasty leagues when he was like seeing a ton of snaps at the beginning of the season. So I'd be interested to see what those snaps look like um, if we cut the season in half and just look at the second half of the year, because once we got into the second half of the year and um, Ramondre started to kind of take off, Uh, he started to see the field about 50% of the time um, and he was kind of playing in that, uh, auxiliary role to Damien Harris. Brandon Bolden was obviously taking the third down snaps. Um, he took a lot of the third down snaps away from J.J. Taylor. But I think that Ramondre might slide into that role. Um, it's I'm, I'm actually really, really excited for Ramondre Stevenson this year. Uh, I think that he's going to be a very, very good player, and he's very underrated at cost right now. So I actually just... Uh, I'm, I'm building another model right now, and I'm trying to basically predict which players are going to break out in the sense that they're going to score over 250 fantasy points in a season. Um, and the model actually said, apart from last year's fantasy points, the second most predictive variable w- for running backs is broken tackles. Um, okay. And that's like a pretty good indicator. That's, that's the
0: Javante Williams model
1: right there. <laughs> Javante Williams led the league in broken tackles last season. He was actually number one in the league last season in terms of broken tackles per rushing attempt. But number number two right behind mm-hmm. him for broken tackles per rushing attempt was Ramondre Stevenson. Because right. Ramondre Stevenson came off down the, the stretch. He actually broke a tackle uh, once every eight carries, whereas Javante Williams broke a tackle six carries. Um, Javante obviously had way more uh, rushing attempts, so he had 31 broken tackles last year, led the league in broken tackles. Uh, Ramondre was number 16 on the list um, at 16 broken tackles. So he's not far behind in terms of uh, broken tackles when you're taking into account the number of rushing attempts each player got.
0: Yeah, for me, I, I like Ramondre. I like Damian Harris. Um, you know, I just, from a pure dynasty perspective, I wouldn't really want to have any stake in this backfield, just the way Bill goes through his running backs um you know i just I, I would always just wait and see when they're going to be peak value which for Ramondre is probably this season at some point for damien it was probably last season and i would just always look to move on because you know damien put up great efficient numbers in the red zone last year got 15 touchdowns Ramondre looked great on the ground yet you know now we're already talking about the downfall of Damian harris like he hasn't <laughs> even played a game this season yet so i i, I really think that uh You know, you just got to play it smart and don't get caught up in the hype of these Patriots running backs.
1: Yeah, I think I don't I actually don't think it's Romandre's peak. Uh, I don't think the peak is going to come until next year. And that's going to be after Damian Harris leaves. And then Romandre is going to be the lead back. And that's going to be the peak of his value. But that's also going to be the peak of his production. So it's just like balancing like where you're at in terms of contending versus rebuilding. Um, So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree with what Josh said. I, I think that maybe one more year until Ramondre gets there to his peak. And also that's probably the peak value. Like, like Kai said, it's, it's a tight window. So uh, you might want to move him after next year you might want to move him now, but uh, I'm excited to have him right now as a sort of undervalued chip. Uh, and I think he's, he's just going to show that he's a better player than most people think right now.
1: Yeah. Especially like Ramondre Stevenson was what a third round rookie draft pick. And he's already paying off at cost. Um, so, yeah, definitely excited to see what he can do this year.
0: All right. So, that gets into our conversation with the Patriots backfield. Let's move into our final news and notes topic where we're talking some health of other running backs. So, very running back centric news and notes segment here today. But today, we're going to be, say, uh, there was a report that uh, Leonard Fournette in true form in his even year is uh coming into camp at 260 pounds which is probably about 20 pounds maybe even 25 pounds over what he really should be uh i think 260 would put him at the heaviest running back in the league uh so do we think that's true he came out on twitter and said that that's not true i i i I don't know the whole thing's kind of silly to me like why would there be a report that he's 260 if he wasn't 260 but um is this just a rashad white thing is this uh, actually, a thing. What do we think about this?
2: I believe what he said was that he was two forty-five last year, and he he was two sixty, but he was he was only two forty-five at playing weight last year, so it was only fifteen pounds. So it wasn't that much. I believe is what. He said, "I'm trying to find it right now." Yeah, that's uh,
1: that's right, Perlman. That's that's what he said. I mean, I believe him. Oh, like, so he, he actually is
0: yeah. 260
1: now? Yeah, he is 260 or now. Or He was when he came. Oh, I thought he was, was. Oh, that's yeah, no. He better. was saying he is 260, <laughs> but he was 245 last season. So he's saying he's not that far off from last <laughs> okay, year. Okay, okay. Um, I, I mean, he is a thick boy. Like he's a big, he's a <laughs> big. He is. Yeah. He, he, he looks
2: chunky out there. I mean, I, he, he looks definitely like, looks bigger. His this pass year, catching back, like I've ever seen. <laughs> you never see a guy like that out there catching 100 passes a year. Crazy. He was a receiver uh, in high school, actually. I hope he was, like, 50 pounds less. <laughs> yeah, I think I think
0: Fournette's going to be fine. I mean, we like to joke about the even-year thing, but that's really just meaningless. I don't know, It, it yeah. might be a
1: friend, man. I mean, like, <laughs> I know there's not too much science behind it, but, like, I don't <laughs> know. It's been, three even football, years? like some, some crazy things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Rashad White season, so, like, What needs to happen for Rashad Rashad (laughs) White to take over? It's going to happen. Maybe maybe it's (laughs) going to happen.
0: I don't know. We'll see. And then we also got the uh, J.K. Dobbins health. What was it? Ian Rappaport tweeted that he's going to be on the on the pup list before, at week one, and then J.K. Dobbins like five minutes later just like roasts him and tells <laughs> him he can't be quiet wrong. anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like 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 Ian Rappaport. is you this, don't know like, what me and God have been saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just all this personal crusade against J.K. Dobbins. Um, what do y'all think? Do you think Dobbins is telling the truth? I mean, Rappaport came out and said he backs his source. What are y'all thinking?
2: I mean, that's the classic like coach slash uh, media person versus player like uh, one's going to say that they're not going to be ready on one side. The other one's going to say the player's going to say, I'm definitely going to be ready. I want to get out there and go. And the coach wants to hold them back. Or, you know, uh, I think you always see that kind of thing uh, with injuries. The player. Definitely wants to get back out on the field, and uh, maybe if it's a coach or something that Ian Rappaport talked to, uh, he's going to be a little bit more conservative or not tip his hand, and so that's probably just where the, the mismatch goes. Yeah,
1: I think I, I mean Perlman hit the nail right on the head. Um, I think it's going to be come down to a thing where JK thinks he's ready and he wants to play week one. He's going to want to be out there, but the doctors might hold him back. Say like it might be safe to, might be smart to play it safe and maybe wait another week or two. Um, I do believe him in that. I don't think he's going to land on the pup. Um, it's been almost a full year from his injury last year. Um, and typically ACLs, I know that they said it was a serious injury. Like he tore his ACL and his MCL and maybe his LCO or PCL. Um, so he did tear up a lot in his knee, but I think just based off the way like medical technology is moving, he's going to play this season. He's going to play early on. Um, I have ne- I haven't heard too much about Gus Edwards either. Cause Gus Edwards tore his ACL like, the week after yeah. J.K. Dobbins towards JCL. ACL, but there's no there's no news or buzz around him, which makes me think that like J.K. Dobbins might make some noise this season. I don't know. Just might. Yeah. Yeah. Just might. He's a talented I, back. I really like J.K. Dobbins. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. No. I I just I mean the the Ravens
0: backfield. I just uh, never really quite love it too much. With I'm hey I mean Lamar's RB one over there.
1: Lamar is RB one, but like J.K. Dobbins in his rookie year had like six yards a carry. Gus mm-hmm. Edwards had like five and a half yards a carry. If you're in the Ravens offense, you're going to get a ton of yards. And then J.K. Dobbins had what, like nine touchdowns in his rookie season. Like that's crazy. Nine touchdowns off like a hundred touches. Um, so like there's going to be rushing touchdowns aplenty. Um, and we'll just see how, how that backfield shakes out. But I like J.K. Dobbins. If he continues to fall in uh, underdog drafts, I'm going to continue to buy him at ADP. So if I can get him as like my RB2 in like the eighth round, like give me that all day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, awesome. Well, there goes our news and notes chat discussing a handful of running back situations across the league. And now we're gonna get into our deep sleeper. So, like I said earlier, we're classifying a deep sleeper as in a uh, dynasty league super flex format, 12 team, uh with Using sleepers ownership percentage as less than 60%. So, any player with less than 60% ownership, uh, we are classifying as a deep sleeper. So, we got a handful of players selected for y'all. We got uh, three each. Uh, we're going to break it down by running backs, wide receivers, and then tight ends. I'm very excited to hear, especially what Jared has to say about mine, because I kind of took a different approach to this. And I went like guys you probably haven't even heard of sleepers. Um, I think I, I just went to like the Madden random name generator and popped out a few players and uh, made up profiles <laughs> for them. Uh, but I think I, I, so. We'll be getting into some uh, different content here. So some guys you've heard of, some guys you haven't heard of that maybe can hear it for the first time and uh we can go ahead and get into it with our running backs first so josh let's kick us off with uh your
1: guy okay so whenever so like let, let me let me back up whenever i'm looking for a super deep sleeper i'm looking for a guy who can potentially come in and just like fill in a starting role on my on my dynasty roster like that's that's sick um and that's something that James Robinson did two years ago. So the first thing that I did in my process was I looked at like, okay, what did James Robinson, what type of prospect did he look like coming into the NFL? So J- James Robinson as a senior in um, the FCS. So D one double a, he weighed five, nine, 220 pounds, had 19 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns in 11 games as a senior. He won uh, awards for first team FCS all American. Um, so like that's, some pretty pretty solid stats. Um, that's exactly what you're looking for from an um a D1 double A kind of player, someone from the FCS. Who's another guy that um is an undrafted free agent, rookie 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 running back that's come to the league and just taken over? Eckler. Yeah. So I looked into Austin Eckler. So Austin Eckler was actually uh he came out as a junior, which is really rare. For he actually played D2, not even D1 double A. Played Division two football. Um, in his junior season, he had 1,637 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns in 10 games, 203.9 all-purpose yards per game. So that's kind of like our production profile of a undrafted running back out of either D1AA or D2. Crazy that Austin Eckwood did in a D2. So I kind of scoured the... Um, undrafted free agent running backs that have come from these smaller schools, and I actually landed on one Tennessee Titans running back, Julius Chestnut. So, Julius Chestnut is 5'11, 228 pounds. That's like prototypical NFL size. Um, as a junior, he put up 717 rushing yards, eight touchdowns in four games. It was a COVID shortened season. Um, in so he averaged 205 all-purpose yards per game. Um, just as a reminder, Austin Eckler averaged 203.9 all-purpose yards per game. Cheese. He was a first-team FCF's All-American, showing that in four games. And then in the in the next season, he hurt at the beginning of the year, so he didn't play much. Um, so he, out of all the players, kind of profiles as a potential guy that can come in to the league and really show us he has got uh, right now he's on the Tennessee Titans so he's behind the likes of Derrick Henry Hassan Haskins um, they also have Montreal Hilliard so he's behind some guys who've uh, shown like a decent amount of potential in the league um, and then Hassan Haskins is a fellow rookie running back but I like Julius Chestnut as a bet to um, uh, maybe show us something maybe he's that undrafted uh, rookie free agent that that can hit love to hear what you guys think
0: so what do you think his path to playing time is? What do you think? I, I like the profile. I agree with you. I think he, he checks some of those benchmarks that you want to see, but what do you think his path is to showing that?
1: Um, okay. So Derrick Henry is going to get his like, what 400 carries in a season. We'll see if he if can he sustain that. that, that. Far, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if he can sustain that. Um, I, I tend to believe that Derrick Henry is going to be able to sustain that. I mean, his, his ankle injury from last year is actually very similar to Saquon Barkley's injury. Um, where it was kind of like an unlucky thing where his ankle like rolled up underneath him. Um, So I think it's unfair to think that Saquon's going to be this like bounce back player, whereas Derrick Henry will not. Um, I think their injuries are very, very similar. They broke their ankle just rolling up underneath someone. So I think Derrick Henry is actually going to be able to sustain that. Um, But maybe next year, uh, the tread starts to wear on Derrick Henry's tires. I don't, I'm not a huge believer in Hassan Haskins. I think that he's like an all right player, but I think someone like Julius Chestnut could easily... Um, overtake him on the depth chart. And then Dontre Hilliard's like tw- a 27-year-old running back. He's been in the league for a few years. I mean, he- he's decent. Like, he's okay. But I think Julius Chestnut has like an explosion and a big playmaking ability that neither of those guys possess. Um, so I'm excited to see if Julius Chestnut can like earn the trust of the coaches and work his way onto the field.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Julius Chestnut definitely has to fight his way onto the depth chart and onto the team. Uh, but if he can show he's better than Has- uh, Hassan Haskins uh, out of Michigan, then he can absolutely make the team this year and keep that role. Um, obviously, Derrick Henry is going to be abused this year. Uh, as If he can stay healthy, he'll continue to be. Um, but the Titans like to continue to pound the rock, and maybe Chestnut is the one who takes over if Henry uh, can't go. And so he's shown that he can take a huge load on his shoulders uh, each game and, uh, and carry the rock. So... Um, yeah. I, I, I don't mind the pick at all. I, I like Julius Chestnut. Hey, get on the chestnut train. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pounding that drum all season all off season. Hey, uh, I drafted him in a league for you. I did it. I did it. Let's go. Like, 35 rounds of drafts. I, I did it. I did yeah, it. I mean like he's free.
1: He's literally free. <laughs> exactly. Oh,
2: yeah. Kais wanted me to, to
1: say the percentage of uh ownership in sleeper, and Julius Chestnut is owned in nineteen percent of Oof. dynasty leagues um including ours <laughs> including ours i uh, <laughs> i needed to make space for Eno benjamin i think that you know benjamin has like a much clearer path yeah for, um yeah hey, but deep sleepers you know they yeah, be deep. I, I need to i mean now that this is out there i need to go back into my leagues and picture chestnut, up, chestnut up everywhere. he's gonna go for like 25 now
0: on our on our waivers <laughs> i've been i've
1: been watching chestnut his ownership has risen from one percent like two months ago and he's at 19 percent now so that's fun that's fun <laughs> nice
2: nice yeah. other people but yeah like i the mean big.
0: the first thing i look at with obscure running backs is their size and his size is so nice like two almost 230 at 511 that's solid that's solid yeah, he's a, he's a big boy yeah uh, anything else to add about Chestnut? Also, great name. Great name also. Fantastic name. Love it. Yeah. I love yeah, a guy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on from Chestnut, and we'll get into uh, my running back. And for that, I have taken Treston Ebner. So Treston Ebner, sixth round to the Bears. Um, you know, in, at Bay, he played at Baylor. He was primarily used as a receiving back there up until his senior year when he got a lot more uh, work on the ground. He was a converted uh, high school wide receiver to running back in college. So he definitely has that receiving ability. He's got a pretty advanced route tree. Um, and I think it's pretty transparent as to why the bears draft him. I think they see him as a, a third down back, you know, with Montgomery and some flashes shown by Herbert, uh, you know, you, you're not really any traditional, uh, receiving back is there, you know, maybe they're trying to, um, replicate the Tariq Cohen role in some way um, because obviously he won't be able to come back. He's got four, four speed. He has experience with returning punts and kicks uh, and kickoffs. That's a great way for him to get on a roster, get on the field, show what he can do in open space. Uh, So I think I liked whenever I see later round picks when there's an easy, uh, when there's an easy comparison for the team they're going on to into like a Tariq Cohen type uh, style uh, into just a third down, um, a third Down back uh, for the Bears. I think there's a really good shot that he could take on that role and maybe kind of be like a Chris Evans in his first year. And now Chris Evans getting some hype over on the Bengals of being someone who might take over for Samaj P. Ryan as Mixon's primary backup who will spell him on third downs. I think there's a good chance that uh, Ebner can be that guy with the Bears because uh, he does fit that unique profile that the Bears don't quite have. So I'm interested in here, your guys' your, your thoughts. Uh, I don't think it's the clearest path for him, but I think there's a decent shot that he could be relevant this year and definitely in the future. Also, with the Bears playing from behind so much, they're going to be throwing underneath a lot because teams will be playing those soft zone coverages. So maybe good shot that he's able to get some playing
2: time this year. Horrible. I hate it. guys. I knew it. I knew it.
0: I should have cleared these all with you. Absolutely
2: (laughs) no path to touches. Um, Oh, man. I mean, I think that the Bears have shown that they like Khalil Herbert, um, especially on passing downs. They took David Montgomery off the field multiple times like idiots uh, for entire drives uh, to put Khalil (laughs) Herbert in at the end of the game. But that's not new for
1: Chicago. Yeah.
2: And so maybe they'll do it again. Maybe they'll be stupid and put in Ebner uh, instead. But I think uh we definitely have a two two headed monster in uh Chicago with Montgomery still taking the majority of the snaps. They also uh, have Darrington Evans. Yeah, they do have Darrington Evans. I wasn't I was gonna for sure mention him. That's the boy. I will, I was not, <laughs> not gonna consider it. <laughs> uh, uh, good. State. yeah, he actually was bad. uh not bad in Tennessee for a few years. Uh, he just always got hurt,
1: those soft tissue injuries. He never got to yeah. show anything. I don't um,
2: consider people
1: soft tissue injuries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, okay,
1: I'll, are you done, Perlman? Yeah, go, go ahead. Go. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, like, Justin Ebner, like, you just a guy. I don't know. He's He's got good speed. I mean, that's what you want. Um doesn't have great burst or agility for, like, a smaller guy, and that's something that you, you want to see out of, one of these smaller dudes. Like you want someone that has like that Darren Sproles-esque like agility. And just to see Tristan Ebner's burst score down in the ninth percentile and his agility score in the 19th percentile, that doesn't bode well for him. I mean, he did, he did show like great pass catching chops um, at Baylor. 10.4% target share. That's the 80th percentile. And every single season he had at least 20 receptions. Um, that's actually really, really rare for a college running back. I'm, I'm very impressed by those numbers. Um, but he doesn't seem to have like any role as a rusher. I mean, in 2020, in at a, in nine games, he had 50 rush attempts, 107 yards. <laughs> well,
0: what, what about what about that's 2021? Okay, 2021, horrible. he had
1: 149 rushing attempts, 801 yards. Obviously, that's a massive jump. Um. Sorry, I wanted to pick on pick on the. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that, Terrible year. Um, that's unfair, though. It's a pretty good uh, year, so, yeah. Uh, in in his fifth year as a senior, um, he did have eight hundred one rushing yards. So I'll give that to you guys. Oh, that was his fifth year, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was.
2: <laughs>
1: or, or, or more even rip, rip, rip on it, Perlman. Yeah,
2: you don't love that. You don't love to see that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I, had a,
0: I had a stray a little bit here and go a little bit creativity with Ebner.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like.
1: I, I mean, there's there's a path, I guess, because tariq Cohen basically is going to have to retire, but it's a very unlikely one, I'll put it. Yeah, and I'm
0: not sure how long Montgomery stays around either after this year. So maybe even then, it opens up a bit more if he's able to show what a little bit the of Magarian. flashes this year. This is his fourth? fourth. Yeah, yeah fourth so I mean, think I'm this will right? be his option year. I think about 2018. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so cool. we'll find we'll find out if we, if they're going to pick up his option. I mean, it wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. to he no money on a round back.
2: He wasn't a first-round pick, right? I don't believe no. he was. Oh yeah, Yeah.
1: was he second? Uh Oof,
0: this is testing my memory. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Well, either way, though, who knows if he's going to be around after this year? Uh, so again, oh, i love round. ambiguous. We love Sorry. ambiguous backfields. So uh, we'll see if he's able to carve out a little role for himself
2: possible uh, i'm gonna be i'm gonna
0: every time Ebner touches the ball i'm just gonna be sending jared clips of it <laughs> be like, get like, you'll get like a three yard catch he gets like a three yard catch in the flat i'm like DMing him on twitter texting him i just won't so mind
2: that. i won't mind and he's gonna not eat into david montgomery at all and i don't even have david montgomery so not right. more, not worried <laughs>
0: right, we'll see we'll see all right well, we can move on from roasting my pick up uh, we can pause that until i get to my next pick um, but let's move into wide receivers here. And Jared, since you haven't gone yet, let's get into your first wide receiver.
2: Yeah, we had, uh, been talking about too many running backs. Uh, so I just decided to skip it all together, go straight into wide receivers. Um, my guy, uh, I, I got two wide receivers, but the first guy I talking about, I'm going to talk about is a second year player out of Texas tech. Uh, he is six, uh, 6'4", actually 206 pounds. Uh, 24 years old, and in his first year, he put up 19 catches for 208 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, His name is Antoine Wesley, uh, number 13 for the Arizona Cardinals. He is owned in, uh, I believe, 14% of sleeper leagues, so uh, not very many people out there. Uh, are holding on to him. He was definitely, he was owned in about 30, I believe, 35% of leagues at the end of last year after a multi-touchdown game on two catches. Um, and he's just fallen off because the Cardinals now have a multitude of receivers and good receivers. Um, now getting Hollywood Brown from the Ravens this year, um, as well as remaining with D-Hop, uh, who, is now, who is on a six-game suspension. A.J. Brown's still there, um, and they got rid of Christian Kirk. Um, so Antoine Wesley, I like him because he can get in the end zone. Uh, and he's shown that Ky- Kyler likes to have him on the field. He likes to target him a little bit. Um, he was able to score three touchdowns on only 19 catches, uh, 200 yards on 19 catches, about 10 yards, uh, per catch. Um, so he's shown that he has the ability to play when he's on the field. He didn't get on the field very often. Um, I believe he, he was on the field at most about 40% all year. Um, and so maybe if Cliff Kingsbury uh, was able to get him on the field at the beginning of the year to start the year when D-Hop is serving a six-game suspension, he'll be able to carve out a small role on offense uh, for when D-Hop gets back. And then uh, we'll see what happens when A.J. Uh, AJ Green leaves next year um, and, and see if D-Hop sticks around. Um, and there's, so there's potential in the future there. So what do you, what do you guys think about him?
1: Yeah, I, I was actually intrigued by Antoine Wesley. Um, I remember once D hop went down that it was, I, I thought like Rondale was going to see like hundred percent snap Um, he would like see all the targets in one game he did. But, um, outside of that, like Antoine Wesley was like always on the field. Um, when D hop was down, I think he played like 80, I want to say 80 to 90% snap share once like the receiver room room was kind of decimated and it was, it was just him. And it, it, like, it's good to see that he does have like a little bit of trust from the, uh, um, Cardinals coaching staff that they put him out there. I mean, he definitely played over my, uh, my former sleeper, Andy Isabella, who I was pretty high on once he was coming out of the, uh, out of college, but he ended up busting and like, he's completely out of favor in arizona so i was a little bit disappointed but intrigued that antoine wesley took over that role um i'm looking at his stats from last season and like the percentile numbers aren't really there because he didn't have enough opportunities um so i'm i'm interested to see what he can do this year i'm a little bit worried because the receiving room like yeah they lost christian kirk added hollywood i mean that's kind of like a one-for-one swap because that's not antoine's position um so since Hop is coming off that six games of suspension we're really going to get to see what Antoine has, what he's made of in the beginning stretch of the year. I'm not expecting too much, but maybe. You never know.
2: Yeah, there's just a shot there in the beginning of the year, I think, to show his stuff. We'll see. What do you think?
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I like about him, too, is that
2: early in the year, you're going to be able to
0: see what he has. So he's not going to clog a roster spot for, like, a while. You know, you'll be able to see what you get. Um, I mean, I'm a little concerned with him just because uh, he was on actually he was on the Ravens practice squad up until august 2020 and then wasn't on a team until may 2021 so like you you missed that whole year you know so uh, may, maybe maybe uh, the Cardinals have unlocked a gem here. You know, maybe he's like a serviceable player, but also maybe Cliff Kingsbury just knows him from his time at Texas Tech. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit hesitant with that. But I, I have owned him uh, in the past, too. So I think something could be there. Um, and it is certainly encouraging that when d went out, he went straight into that role. So uh, maybe Cliff likes that
2: like for like maybe he's a
0: We'll see. Maybe.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's big body, big blocker. Nikhil <laughs> Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the dog! I don't know if he's even,
1: even a good blocker. No, <laughs> is, he's a good he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's a good blocker. He's nice, he's blocker. like John Bates that yeah. way. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I hate on uh, Nikhil to Harry too much. I'm sorry, Nikhil Harry. <laughs> sorry, you got overdrafted, but you're still a good player.
0: It's not his fault. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for him next year when we get the headline, Nikhil Harry converts to tight end, and then he's gone.
2: (laughs) The Eagles will have
0: him, that's for sure, if he's converting to tight end. (laughs) Uh, Any other thoughts on Wesley before we go on? Let's move on. All right, well, I'm going to get into my deep, deep, deep sleeper wide receiver. We got a fourth round draft pick, another Texas Tech guy, another big body Texas Tech guy. I'm going to go with Eric Uzukama. Uh, he went to the dolphins in the fourth round. Uh, and you know, he's just someone no one's talking about, you know, I feel like a lot of these other wide receivers that have gone later than him are getting some sort of conversation about them. Uh, even some undrafted guys like a Justin Ross, even though I understand why, but you know, no one's really talking about him. So I want to take this time to talk about him, And I'm prefacing this conversation with, you know, maybe he provides very little value this year and moving forward, but you know, I think that can almost be a benefit for him if you have space on your taxi squad, if you're a rebuilder this year, or if you just have that space because his value um, his value, uh, could increase or just remain the same if he doesn't play. You know, it's tough for it to go down or if he doesn't play a lot because he is behind some talented receivers. So we'll be understandable if his playing time is limited. Uh, so I just want to preface that conversation with this. Um, but, uh, and you just kind of keep an eye out on things as the year goes on. What are you hearing about him in practice? You know, does he show flashes when he gets to play? He's probably gonna be the wide receiver four there, maybe three, if he can compete with Cedric Wilson, but I'm going to get into, uh, what we're going with here. So he went to Texas tech, he's six, 210 pounds. I've seen some uh, measurements say he's 220. So that's pretty good size for a wide receiver. He's got a really, really long wingspan, 33 and a half inches in the 91st percentile. So he's projected as this wide receiver that's really good at jump ball targets. But they also handed him off the ball every now and then too. I think he had like 10 carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns. They like to give him the ball in reverses, things like that. And he's still in his stats receiving wise. were still pretty good despite some a car- a quarterback carousel over there in his senior year and coming into a senior year where he broke his arm in spring ball. So he wasn't 100% healthy uh, to get going. Now, he's also known for his ability to break tackles and uh, yards after the catch ability. So that's something else you like to see in a fantasy. Is able to get those extra points, uh, dep- not dependent necessarily on the route that he gets. The main critique critique that he received was his route running. But you know who the new wide receiver coach is over there in Miami? Wes Welker. So if anyone's able to teach anyone how to r- r- run Run quick routes. You know, I think Wes Welker could be that guy. He's one of those up and coming coaches. Obviously, he was an incredible slot receiver uh in New England uh, and in Denver, and I guess in Miami too. And he's still pretty young too. He's only 22 and a half years old. So he's pretty young coming out of school as well. And to me, I think they're thinking, you know what? We got Tyreek, we got Jalen Waddle. We don't really have that big body wide receiver. Uh, you know, they lost Devonte Parker. Maybe they're trying to like envision some type of role like that for him. Maybe uh, at the beginning of the year, because, you know, they like I said, they lost Parker. I know they have Jusecki, but, you know, maybe they just want a wide receiver for that mold as well. So those are my general thoughts about uh Eric Uzukama. I'm curious what y'all know about him, what y'all are thinking. Right now, Sleeper has him owned at 19.1%, so he's probably available in every league. Uh I'm curious what you think about him. I see him as some guy in a taxi squad that will just be able to like, you know, hang out there if you got the space. See if he's able to get some touches and what could be a high octane offense. Uh I'm wondering
1: what y'all would think. Uh <laughs> Um so you said he should be like the wide receiver four? Um, I struggle to Could see be. that. I mean, okay, so they got Tyree Jalen, Cedric Wilson for one, two three. I think their four is gonna be Preston Williams. So you said that they don't have like that big body type of receiver. I think Preston Williams is that big body type receiver, albeit he does face those soft tissue injuries and I know you said that you don't see uh you don't consider the soft tissue injury guys at all. so um, that makes sense. So okay, maybe maybe that happens. Uh, they got Trent Sherfield out of the slot. Uh, they got Lynn Bowden um as a flanker. he's Lynn Bowden's an interesting one as well. Um, well I think talk about
2: made... Trent before you talk about Lynn Bowden. Come on. Uh, I mean, Sherfield I mean, really doesn't play the,
1: the same position as Eric though.
2: so I mean, but you're you're right. you're right. But Lynn Trent Bowden Shurfield. got drafted and then immediately traded for a worse draft pick and then never saw <laughs> him also uh, Preston
0: Preston Williams has played only eight games the last. Three years and last year he had six catches for 71 yards, so I'm not, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't okay. be too bothered. I mean, and also, if it turns out early on that Preston Williams is over, uh, Azukama, then just cut Azukama, you know, like it, it will be an early indicator,
1: okay? I, I, I see your point. Uh, I agree with you. You've turned me, Eric. <laughs> Kukama, where let's, go. Oh, let's, let's go, let's go, lock it in. Hey, if you got Where's that, if you report? got that.
0: If you got that empty taxi squad spot, you know, why not? You know, Enjoy this journey with me as he sits on our waivers. But I yeah, might I'm, be making I'm going to pick him up,
2: guys. So. You, you convinced me. Awesome. <laughs> see what he turns into. Live I, my, yeah, uh, it'll be, it'll be a,
0: a fun project.
2: I don't know. I myself, big Tua guy, but uh, I still don't see uh, how we're going to now expect Tua to possibly s- sustain three or four people uh, receiving options. Um, obviously, they have a new coach there and Mike McDaniel very creative. Um, and you said that, uh, as likes to, or they like to, to give as the ball uh, in the backfield and shifty plays. And so Mike McDaniel likes to do that. The too, new Bebo. But, uh, <laughs> but I think he's already got Tyreek and waddle there to, to do it. So, I mean, he's going to have a lot of competition and he's going to be pretty good at that, uh, in order to steal touches from those guys. But, uh, you know, we'll see, I wouldn't want to spend a whole year waiting. Um, myself in a taxi squad um uh, maybe if your taxi squad goes for two years and keep second year players uh i would consider it but i don't see him king on the field or to a sustaining more than two options maybe three if you consider a tight end kaseki but uh hopefully because i love to but i don't know yeah actually
1: sorry guys i'm backtracking i, I i'm not gonna add any <laughs> eric azukama uh yeah. i forgot he's a he's a fourth round wide receiver and um if I'm betting on a fourth round wide receiver, I want it to be on an empty depth chart, not well with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle at the helm. Probably the best wide receiver, do- well, second best wide receiver duo well, uh, do- on the league,
2: or on a wide yeah, receiver with fair. an empty head, right? You know those day three guys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Wait, say that again. I said a wide receiver with an empty head. <laughs> those day three guys. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, 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 no yeah. Problems, that's, you know. yeah. There you go, Provid. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. if you're, if you're yeah. betting on a day three wide receiver, you want him to uh, fall for character issues. Like a Tyree yeah. Kill or Stephon Diggs, uh, a uh, uh, Antonio Brown.
2: Hey, if Antonio there Brown, weren't re- Antonio Brown, if there weren't re-
0: if there weren't red flags, he wouldn't be a deep sleeper.
2: <laughs> That's very. That's my very, defense for everything. Very truly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move
0: past Ezukama here, and we can go to uh, Josh's wide receiver. Josh, you got?
1: Okay, I'll just I'll just start it off right off the bat. So my sleeper. Wide receiver is Quez Watkins. Um, Quez Watkins is the starting wide receiver, the wide receiver three for the Philadelphia Eagles. He will play out of the slot. Um, and just, let's just look at some numbers from last season. I want to, want to hear what you guys think of these numbers. So Quez Watkins last year was number one in the NFL last year in target separation versus man. I know you like that reception perception, Prolman. Um, he was number seven in the NFL in production premium, number three in target separation, number five in yards per target, number fourteen in yards per reception, and probably my favorite um, statistic of, of of all of all of these stats is that he was seventh in the NFL last year in slot snaps. The six ahead of him: Tyler Boyd, Cole Beasley, Cooper Cup, Zach Pascal, Keenan Allen. Amon Ross St. Brown. The two guys after him, Chris Godwin, Hunter Renfro. And there's also Adam Humphries and uh, Jacoby Myers. So uh, he's getting the snaps. He's, he's able to separate from uh, the guys who are covering him. Um, I like the Eagles to make this, make the jump this year. Uh, I think they're going to be passing the ball a lot more than they were in previous uh, seasons. Um, I think there's going to be that added trust in Jalen hurts as a passer. They added AJ Brown, they got Devonta Smith. They got Dallas Goddard. Who's to say Quez Watkins can't get um a, a, like a touchdown here or there in each of the games? So I, I like Quez Watkins to break out and, and show us what he's got as a deep threat.
2: Damn, I'm not gonna lie, you had me sitting up there for a second when you started listing <laughs> all those reception stats. I was like, Okay, he's got some some good separation. He's a good route runner. I like that. I like to see that. Uh and then you said the most snaps, uh snaps out of the uh slot, the seventh most, but uh you you kind of lost me there when you said zach pascal that hurt me because he's (laughs) now on the same team as zach pascal but Um, i think
1: i i mean quez watkins is going to eat zach pascal's lunch It's it's (laughs) i mean
2: hey the way you just described those stats i mean i i didn't see that myself from quez but i didn't watch you know i wasn't studying his film so uh i definitely uh i'll trust the trust the guys and uh that's definitely better than what I saw from Zach Pascal. So uh, Zach Pascal could definitely score some touchdowns, but uh, if if Quez is that good, then hopefully the Eagles staff recognizes it and gets him on the field. Uh, I I do like to see that. Um, hey, what what was the ownership percentage? You said he was at. I mean, I might have to go uh, look for him. Fifty six percent all
1: right yeah
0: i went to go look up that ownership percentage and i see on may 6 2022 we have dropped to waivers by josh lee so josh yeah had, had i <laughs> had to clear
1: some room for mm-hmm. him um i dropped him for who did i drop him for uh let me let me check damn not the boy no it was not Isaiah no. Isaiah pacheco <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco. Oh, I needed to add a taxi squad. I needed to cut some people for, uh, for the, that. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was the uh, rookie draft. I understood. So classic, either classic, Quez Watkins, Odell, Brian Edwards, Marquez Calloway, Rondale Moore, David Njoku, Gerald Everett, Adam Troutman. So... I don't know. I would have considered like Callaway or Everett, but I, I can't really
0: disagree with you. But I'm not I don't yeah, want to
1: downplay Watkins though,
0: because I do like him. And anyone that's a starting slot receiver on on a team, you know, like they should be considered. Because any week, you know, even if you just, even if you're if you're especially if you're yeah. flexing like a handful of guys too, he's pretty much guaranteed to get you at least like six seven points, which is really all you need. It's not exciting, but if like you have those bye weeks, you're playing like five wide receivers, you know, like he becomes relevant. So, yeah, I, I like yeah. him. I, I like him, too.
2: Yeah, of course. If you, it's a best ball, that's even better. And we've seen guys uh, in the slot produce. Like We have guys like Renfro and and others who have produced uh, top 12 performances out of the slot. So, uh, real value can be found there. I like it. All right. Awesome. So, Quez Rockins, we are fans. All right, Jared, you have a yes. second
0: wide receiver. So, let's get to it. Who you got?
2: Yes, I do. My second wide receiver Uh, from the Baltimore Ravens is James Prochet. Um, he is, so the Ravens did not add any wide receiver, uh, depth this year in the draft. Uh, James Prochet is out of SMU, um, and he's 5'11", 201 pounds. He's got decent size. Um, And so the Ravens decided this year to ship Hollywood Brown out of town um, and did not draft or sign any wide receivers. They did draft two tight ends. Uh, However, they did not replace Hollywood in any way with a wide receiver. So James Prochet has been looking at the second or maybe third wide receiver role behind maybe Devin DuVernay. And, uh, And so I like James Prochet because he's getting a lot of hype out of camp. Uh, a lot of people uh, in the Baltimore organization like him. Um, and and really that's kind of what I'm basing this on. this, this guy's gotten a lot of hype this year. Um, he he hasn't shown a ton of production in the NFL, um, but neither have anyone has anyone else there. Um, I like his profile better uh, than Devin Duvernay and Tylen Wallace uh, at, who are the the other guys who may profile as the number two receiver. Um, and so, uh, those guys are also were on my consideration list uh, for this this sleeper position. Uh, I think all three of those guys uh, weren't being on rosters. Um, and and so I went James Prochet here because of the hype he's getting this year out of camp and some of the things I've been seeing from the beat writers and videos. Uh, so what, what do you guys think? Have you seen anything on him? Uh, any college information that you might want to add? What do you think?
0: From what I've seen, I keep seeing like a back and forth between Prochet and
1: Duvernay. Um, oh, definitely DuVernay. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah, tell you that. that's, that. that's, that's kind Duvernay. of what I'm
0: thinking too, but I'm thinking what's even above DuVernay and Prochet is Lamar Jackson's ability to support a second wide receiver. Um, you know, cause I think he's got Andrews, he's got, uh, Bateman now. And even like Bateman last year, who everyone's saying is like the second coming this year. He, uh, he, he didn't even put up that great of numbers last year and he's supposed he to be mega talented. No, I know, but even in the games that he played, it was a bit hit or miss. So, um, you know, I'm just saying that, like, the wide receiver two position on the Ravens has never really been uh, quite the most coveted position. But if I had to pick between Prochet and DuVernay, I'd probably lean DuVernay, but I don't know if I really want to be involved with either of them.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if we're talking Prochet versus DuVernay, um, I think it's hard to bet against DuVernay. Um, Like, usually you're going to give snaps to the guy who – was an all pro last season. Um as so, a returner. As, okay, as a returner, but like that's getting a, on a the field somewhere. though. Um, as a returner, you sure I, I, I do think that like, shows
0: like a, they got faith in him though.
1: That shows that he's learning you know? he's learning the position. James Prochet, like he when he first came in, he started off as the punt returner uh last season and Duvernay was the kick returner. They didn't trust Prochet as the punt returner, so they made Duvernay the punt returner as well. Um, I do like Prochet as like the wide receiver three. He's like a project receiver. He has, like, he showed a lot of flash in college um, at SMU. Um, I mean, a 33.8% target share at like a decent school like SMU is like pretty impressive. That's 97th percentile. Um, like, he he definitely has like good route running where he can get open. But like Kai said, I said, I'm, I'm worried about Lamar Jackson being able to support a second receiver or in this case, maybe even a third receiver. Um, I I don't think Duvernay is like at, he'll be the wide receiver two probably on the outside. Proche might slide into the slot, but I don't see the Ravens running too many three wide receiver sets. Um, so Proche might split snaps at wide receiver two with Duvernay, something along those lines. Um, but like, this is going to be an offense that runs the ball. Like I want to, I want to say like 55 to 60% of the time. Um, this is going to be a super run heavy offense. Um, so, I think
2: there will be a more run heavy offense probably than last year. But Lamar also didn't play the whole year. Uh, there were plenty of times with uh Tyler Huntley out there. Um, and, and so, uh, I also, I, I mean, Devin Duvernay was on the field last year definitely, uh, much more often than James Frochet. So, I can see why you would like that. Uh, and he's he's a quick, uh, shifty guy, and that's why they have him. He's not a sprinter or a yeah, uh, sprinter. Yeah, he's very fast. Yeah. Um, but I, I I didn't like his profile coming out of texas uh he he was not i don't know uh, why, the position. so, so yeah. he, I mean, you know, I guess so I guess he's still learning the position yeah yeah, uh good for him uh. He's, <laughs> he, <he's, laughs> He's an All-Pro though. Uh, Adams a returner though. He's a stud returner. He definitely. Hey, Cordero Patterson was a
1: was a All-Pro as a Hey, in eight, as well.
2: in eight years, I'm about to draft my boy Devin Duvernay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Duvernay RB one. <laughs> yeah, in eight years, he's about to be a stud. I be a stud. There you go. Well, right, well in Dynasty, well, you gotta have some patience, ProMan yeah hey. <laughs> no, you got more patience than me
0: and you can flip them for a second eight years that's incredible value that is a hell of value Yep. <laughs> all right, well, let's, go right ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead and move past our wide receivers now and we'll do a quick run through our sleeper tight end so josh you want to go up with your sleeper tight end
1: Oh, of course so i'm going to be talking about the boy mo alley cox so mo alley cox is the tight end one this season for the Indianapolis Colts? Um, Jack Doyle has retired, so Moale Cox slides into a highly coveted Indianapolis uh, tight end role, where Jack Doyle finished it as a tight end one, I think, two times. Um, so I liked Mo. I like Moale Cox to kind of emerge in this um, offense. Um, kind of some. Uh, so Moale Cox, like he's came into the league as. An undrafted player. He hadn't even played football before. He was a basketball player for VCU. He was on that final four team. Um, so like whenever these basketball players that can like just out bully a lot of these guys come into the NFL, they're going to, they, they could make some noise uh, kind of like an Antonio Gates or a Jimmy Graham. I don't know if Molly Cox has the skills to quite become one of those types of players, but he's not, he, he's worth a bet. Last season, he finished as the tight end 26. Um, Last year, he, at, out of the tight ends, he had uh, number six. He was number six in target separation. He was number five in yards per reception, number four in ab- average depth of target. And he was actually the number one tight end in terms of juke rate. He was juking players um, on 25% of his receptions. So that's pretty impressive for a guy who's 6'4, 262 pounds. Um, and there's so many like highlights of him just going up and just grabbing the ball mm-hmm. with one hand out of the air. Um just like so easy for him to just pull it right out of the air. Um so I'm I'm excited to see what Mo Ali Cox can do. Um Matt Ryan tends to uh target his tight ends in the red zone. So maybe Mo Ali Cox could see like an 8, 10, 12 touchdown
2: season. So I'm really excited to see um, um what he can do this year. I like Mo Ali Cox. I've been for years waiting on him to break out. Uh I, I'm I'm still hoping for it. I'm not betting on it. Uh but like you said, Jack Doyle's finally gone. Um, and so uh with a good quarterback there and Matt Ryan who likes to feed the tight end, uh I I would love to see Mo Alley Cox get a whole bunch of touchdowns. He has the ability with his massive frame, his jumping ability, uh his ability to box out, being a formal former basketball player. Uh I, I'm surprised about the juke stat. The rest of it makes sense, like the The highest, um, separate like average, um, separation per target makes sense because I felt like he was just getting lost on the field a lot, even with his big size. He would just kind of be like wide open in the corner for some reason, like nobody thought he was gonna get the ball. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I I, I like him with Matt Ryan. Um, I hope that he can finally take a a new leap this year in year five. Um, so yeah, Yeah. hopefully, he can do it. He's athletic as well.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I like Mo Ali Cox. I, I mean, I took him last year in a startup thinking that, like, it was going to finally be the year. And uh, it wasn't. But, you know, <laughs> I may, may, maybe it's this year because I, I, I kind of forgot about him for a bit. Um, I mean, I love my former basketball player tight ends, you know, I mean, um, always a great pick. But I so I I went back and when Josh mentioned him today, I was like, let me just go like look through and just see what the recent news is about. I mean, I'm seeing that he's gonna be like the starter this year. Finally, they don't think Jelani Woods is gonna be quite ready this year, nor Granson, um, and he's still pretty young for a tight end too. I mean, he's 28. You know, he could easily have like five more years of production if he proves it. Um, So yeah, no, I I, I like I like this choice. Um And like as and I mean Matt Ryan's targeted tight ends, he's also had amazing tight ends to target um but that said i mean even like an austin hooper guy is that did well with matt ryan so um you know yeah i, I like this pick a lot i'm actually going to be considering if i want to pick up Moali cox um so uh <laughs> yeah i so, mean yeah no i like it i like it
1: it takes some time for tight ends to develop and Moali cox is converting from a basketball player into a yeah, football player de- yeah yeah so i think I really he's got to show it yeah. this year yeah, 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 I agree. I mean, it, it's his it's his first chance as a starter, so we'll, we'll see what yep. we can do with it. Yeah. Hopefully, and I think he
2: does well.
0: I think with Mo Cox too, I kind of had blinders on with him because I'm just like a big Jelani Woods guy. You know, like we're UBA yeah, guys. Know. He's a fun yeah. player to watch. You know, so it, it kind of like put the blinders on Mo Alley. But no, yeah, that makes sense. I like it.
2: Hey, Mo Alley's, uh, still a VCU Alexandria, like Virginia guy, so can't can't hate on the, the VA per the VA <laughs> guy still. Even down here, we loved it. Bump yeah, him up. Jelani. Bump him up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Move them up. Right All here. right.
0: Well, let's get into our next tight end sleeper. Uh, Jared, you go ahead with your sleeper.
2: All right. My sleeper is another guy from the Ravens, uh, Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. Uh, he is 22 years old, um, but he broke out at 18. He has a college dominator rating uh, at the 91st percentile. Uh, he's extremely athletic and he's a pass catching tight end. A lot of people said that he didn't have the prototypical size of a tight end uh, because he's not very uh, big. He's six, five, but he's two forty-five, um, And, but he doesn't need to be a blocker. Um, he's going to profile as a number two to Mark Andrews. Uh, maybe when they need a blocker, uh, they will bring in Charlie Kolar, the other tight end that they drafted this year. Um, but, Uh, they don't need, uh, they're going to bring Isaiah Likely on the field to catch the ball. Uh, They didn't bring any uh, extra wide receiver help this year in the draft, uh, but they decided to draft two tight ends and Isaiah Likely is the receiving tight end. Um, So I'm really excited because Lamar Jackson loves his tight ends uh, and we've seen the Ravens for years run multi-tight end systems where both tight ends are involved in the passing game and both can be uh, real options. So um, obviously we know that First-year tight ends don't always uh, break out in their first year, Kyle Pitts being the exception. Um, But you may have a few years that you need to wait for Isaiah Likely. But even with Mark Andrews there, uh, I wouldn't be too scared off of him because two tight end systems uh, are becoming more and more the norm, and we've seen it in Baltimore for years now. Um, So I'm excited for Isaiah Likely. I believe he is owned in... 45 percent of sleeper leagues so uh he'll be out there in catching about half them. of your leagues uh what'd you say so people people are catching on to him that's
1: 45 percent higher than i thought it would be
2: yeah so uh i mean i i thought that so with both tight ends there uh them dra- the ravens drafting two tight ends um you know it's I, it's probably hard to roster both of them but if we're looking from a fantasy perspective, Isaiah Likely is most likely the pass-catching guy. So if you're looking to pick one up and you can't obviously get Mark Andrews because that value is insane, um, Isaiah Likely is your next best option there uh, from a tight end standpoint. What do you guys think?
1: Holy cow. I, okay, like I had heard of him, but I'd never done any research into like how good he was as a player. I've seen a few highlights. Like he looks, he looks pretty good. Like he's a he's a big body guy, 6'5", 250. Like that's pretty good. Um, but just looking at his like player profile page, I mean, this guy he broke out as an eighteen year old playing tight end. Like, that's super impressive. Um, and then posts a thirty one point four percent college dominator score. That's ninety first for tight ends. Like this guy might have something. I mean, Isaiah likely last season. Had 59 receptions, 912 receiving yards, and 12 touchdowns at Coastal Carolina. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to say the least. Um, I've been considering like potentially adding him, but I already have too many tight ends on each of my dynasty rosters. That's my that's my fault. I mean, like these tight ends are always just like so athletic. I love adding tight ends. (laughs) Their profiles are
2: (laughs) so juicy. Like I gotta add one of
0: one of my seven have to fit in five years from now. Like one of them, right? (laughs) Yeah, one of them.
2: I made sure in my Mark Andrews league that I was able to get uh, Isaiah likely just in case anything happens to Mark. Uh, I assume Isaiah will step into that role and yeah, he was a big part of coastal Carolina's success these past few years. Um, and, you know, he just kept getting better uh, each year. So uh, I'm excited for him. Hopefully they're able to get him on the field and more of the, uh, than just a blocking uh, situation, but uh, he's he's a great pass catcher and he's very athletic and they've already uh, seen a lot of stuff out of him from camp. They've said he's made some one handed catches for touchdowns, things like that. So uh I'm excited. I
1: think the one piece which he will have to work on being a Baltimore Ravens tight end is the blocking portion. Mm-hmm. And if he can get that right, then he could start to emerge. Um and- I think- that's the way that he's going to see snaps.
2: Yeah. And that's a big thing too. Nick Boyle uh, a couple of years ago was seeing about 60% of the snaps it's over Mark blocking. Andrews because he's such a good blocker. And so yeah. you're right. Uh, if he wants to see the field, he's going to have to be good at it, but uh, we want the fantasy production. So the receptions are where, where it's at, but uh, it always helps to be on the field. And, and so uh, the, the, like Josh said, it may not be this year. He may have to work on that blocking and then uh, work his way onto the field. But, uh, I like him, and only forty-five percent owned. He's uh, he may be out there for you guys.
1: Is is Nick Wall still there? He's not, right? No. Who's the tight end two for the Ravens?
2: Who's going to start? Uh, it's probably likely they drafted two guys this year. Um, I know they drafted like, likely
1: and um, yeah, Kolar.
2: Yeah, I was right. Charlie Charlie Charlie, Kolar. Yeah. And he's is only thirty-one no percent of the depth chart. Uh, I don't
0: know. Let me of. take a peek. Yeah, my concern with likely, though, is just what's his ability to get on the field, you know, like, I mean, Mark Andrews is signed for another four years, I think it is. I mean, I know tight ends take a while to develop. They'll use two tight end sets, guys. Yeah. But do, you think he'll be, but do you think he'll be relevant? Oh, Nick, okay.
1: Nick Boyle is still on the Nick team. Boyle is still there, yeah. So Nick Boyle will probably I start in know. two tight end sets. They yeah. also have Josh Oliver. I forgot about him as well. All right, there you go. So
2: we might be an extra year on that with Nick Boyle. Uh, I thought Nick Boyle had moved on, uh, but he is 29, eight years in the league. Did you see Nick Boyle's block- player profiler page? <laughs> no, I didn't look at it. Oh like no! A, like a beefcake. <laughs>
1: he is a beefcake. Six four two seventy. Holy shit! Oh, he's just an (laughs) offensive lineman. (laughs) Yeah, basically, just an extra offensive lineman on the field that can catch some passes. That's a neck
2: right there. Yeah, that's a neck. That's a neck right there.
0: I want that guy on my team. (laughs) That's a neck. That's a thick boy. Okay, so so my sleeper is now going to be Nick Boyle. All
2: right, all right. So one extra year Mm -hmm. unlikely. I'll, I'll, I'll concede one extra year. Nick Boyle
0: we need go. a uh we need a percent we need a percentile ranking
2: of uh next next circumference on player profile. <laughs> we definitely need next circumference is the name I mean that's got to correlate less concussions <laughs> oh usually usually that's the bill all right all right well
0: let, let me let me get into my uh tight end sleeper here just uh oh the moment with all the waiting for
1: Mm-hmm. oh yeah
0: no i've pivoted i'm doing donald parham i'm not doing uh, john bates i got I bullied out of john bates i got i got bullied out of him you know i couldn't, I you, couldn't uh, come on I oh i was just gonna
2: scream boo if he yelled john bates i, I, was just gonna I know <laughs> <wanted to> <laughs> i want us down on guys
0: i i mean i had all these notes about john bates i had written that he was the 110 meter hurdle state champion high school in oregon what's the bad for him <laughs> <laughs> and also was a javelin state champion i went i went all into the all into the stats but uh you know what you know what we'll
1: do john bates
0: we'll do john bates. I don't, I don't, everyone knows who donald parham is let's have some fun about my guy so john bates he's owned 27 percent in sleeper leagues uh he is the washington commander's uh Tight end could be the starter too to start the year as well because uh he uh replaced Logan Thomas last year. Logan Thomas's knee just got torn in all different places, and he's also, I think, like 31, 32 now, so he's a bit older. Uh so you, you can you can be a bit more concerned about the injury. There's rumors already that he's not gonna be uh there to start the year. So income John Bates fourth round pick uh last year and he ended up starting for washington for the last handful of games and he was a very pleasant surprise uh he wasn't expected to be a hell of a a lot coming out of college um i remember like the nfl draft pros uh profile on nfl.com said he was going to be like undrafted but in pure washington fashion we took him in the fourth but in non-pure washington fashion he was actually pretty good uh, and what he's known for is not fantasy related, but it's great to keep you on the field. It's his run blocking. He was the highest, he had the highest pro football focused uh, blocking grade for a rookie ever, and the third highest of any tight end over the last 10 years. On top of that, he also showed some sort of receiving ability. He had, uh, I think, like 24 catches for like 250 yards in the handful of games he started. Uh, he's massive, he's 6'6, 260. Uh, like I said about those high school hurtling, uh, and also he was top five in the triple and long jumps in high school. Dude's got athleticism to him. He's got an 88th percentile agility score. Uh, so while he's not the fastest, like in a straight line, he's pretty quick. Uh, so to be able to get off the line and we Washington did draft Cole Turner, uh, another like prototypical receiving tight end, but Bates is NFL already. Turner will need a couple of years likely to develop like tight ends do, but Bates has the hard part down. He's got the blocking down. He's He's probably the best or if not close to the best blocking tight end in the NFL right now. So if he's able to get on the field already as a blocker, you got the injury concerns with Logan Thomas. Washington loves using their tight ends. Uh, think about how like they completely changed Thomas's career. I like Logan Thomas. I mean, sorry, I like John Bates. I uh, I had this written down here just to uh, piss Jared off, but he reminds me a little bit of Jason Witten. Just a little bit. Just had to throw that in there. But, uh, yeah, that's my opinion on John Bates. Uh, you, you Watch some of his blocking on YouTube, and you're going to love the guy. He's going to get on the field. He's going to run people over.
2: <laughs> i don't even know what to say <laughs> <laughs> no no i mean look it's not a bad pick there's like there's nobody on that roster at tight end um i hate the team in the quarterback situation um but there's uh, there's nobody on that team at the position uh besides logan thomas who can't stay on the field unfortunately he's shown he's a good tight end but uh, John Bates was out there playing blocking running people over not being as good of a blocker as Kittle at all but still being a good blocker sure um uh, but yeah I mean yeah it, it's it's a good sleeper pick uh because nobody's talking about him and there's there is nobody else on that roster so if uh if Logan Thomas isn't there isn't able to go at all then John Bates will step in and Uh, all you need is availability and to be on the field for tight end and get a couple catches. So
0: at the end of the day, like, I mean, I kind of joke about how good John Bates is Um, the Witten comparisons, obviously just to mess with you, Jared. But, uh, but I, I I mean, at the end of the day, he, he very well could be, The the starting tight end on Washington. If you're like a starting tight end in the NFL team, as as a second year player, yeah, like that's so uncommon, you know. So like I I understand his profile is not super exciting. Doesn't scream like yard after the yards after the catch. But at the end of the day, he's able to be a a number one tight end in an offense in year two. So definitely worthy of a roster roster spot.
1: I am shocked that you did not bring up this one stat. um So I, I I took a look at John Bates' player profile page, and like okay very impressive that he gets on the field as a rookie as a tight end super super impressive but he actually ran the 13th most slot snaps out of any tight end in the NFL last season he ran 192 yeah i did snaps. see
0: that actually i should have mentioned that yeah
1: that is absurd 192 for context who's like a like a decent like slot receiver in the NFL like okay let's say russell gage russell gage is a good slot receiver in the NFL he ran 221 slot snaps. So John Bates only ran 30 less slot snaps than Russell Gage. And barely so, even played the first chunk of the season. Exactly. Like it's I'm I'm yeah, very intrigued by this pick. I didn't realize so like I'm a Commanders fan, and I didn't even know any of this about John Bates. He's like so like under the radar. Um, I mean the the tight end that I like paid attention to last season was rookie Steeles Jones, but he's gone. We didn't add any new tight ends makes me think that we have a lot of faith in John Bates. I'm excited to see what he can do this year.
0: Yeah, I love him too. And I think just because he's not like I said, he's not that like stereotypical exciting uh run after the catch guy. I think a lot of uh people are sleeping on him because of that because everyone's trying to hit a home run with these incredibly athletic tight ends. And, uh, and I know like the Jason Witten thing's silly, but that's kind of what Jason Witten was. You know, he wasn't this like uber athletic guy. He just would run seven yards, push off whatever linebacker or DB was guarding him and, and get open for a first down. You know, so I think that's all you need sometimes, especially if you're that good of a blocker.
2: Yep, big body tight ends like who are just athletic enough. We've seen him be good good enough for fantasy and maybe they they don't have that top 2 or 3 upside, but uh you know, he, he'll be out there and if they can get touchdowns and get the first downs and uh you know, he'll be out there for the underneath routes for Carson Wentz if he needs to. It's what it sounds like uh if Logan Thomas can't get out there. So, uh I I I your best pick so far, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you thank you uh i'll be feeling
0: offers for second round picks for mr bates so. i appreciate the,
2: sw- the switch donald Parham. Yeah. great player but we all know about him like josh said yeah john bates yeah. give us the stuff good work guys yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you i gotta dig deep for those uh high school track and field
2: numbers you know <laughs> it, well, yeah speaking of where was that canada or something uh, oregon <laughs> Oh, uh, Oregon. Oregon. i think oregon's uh, a big track and field yeah, state yeah. too
0: because of the nike stuff going yeah. on over there All so right. you know, yeah yeah, wasn't just right. some, right. yeah well, All right. i try to find his middle school numbers but uh, it was, it paywall, was so. hurdles. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah hurdles and javelin and then he was yeah. i think top five Holy in God. long jump and high jump oh triple oh, and long jump he was top
1: five i mean i'd be i'd be pretty scared too if i have a six 250 guy running hurdles next to
2: me I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know what the yeah. thing. I, <laughs> everyone else just everyone's just dropped out. Dude, that dude chucking a javelin, bro. Like, I'm not coming close to that. I'm you through the dome.
0: Cole Turner starts flashing. And he just like throws
1: a javelin at him.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's like, nah, this is my job.
1: Do we draft him? Do we draft Cole Turner this year? Yeah. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah,
0: Where's I think he he's Adam? like a few He projects as like a future receiving like tight end. I think he was in the fourth round uh what, what he, a was college he,
1: was he Notre Dame no he wasn't Notre Dame
0: uh Nevada Nevada okay in the fifth round so I mean a fifth round tight end on a Nevada I mean eh, who knows but John Bates starting NFL tight end let's go yep yep all right well that wraps up our sleeper picks for today uh thanks everybody for listening either on the live or in the future on our podcast platforms And yeah, hope you enjoyed today's episode and we'll be back next week. Thanks everybody. Appreciate it.